From Greenville, South Carolina, we present... Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, preaching Christ in all His fullness. Once again, we count it a privilege to welcome you to another broadcast of Let the Bible Speak. Today, we'll hear another message in the life and earthly ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, a series preached by Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns shortly. First of all, we invite you to enjoy this devotional thought from the pen of C.H. Spurgeon, as found in his collection called Morning and Evening. This morning's text is found in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 43. Thou shalt love thy neighbor. Love thy neighbor. Perhaps he rolls in riches, and thou art poor, and living in thy little cot side by side with his lordly mansion. Thou seest every day his estates, his fine linen, and his sumptuous banquets. God has given him these gifts. Covet not his wealth, and think no hard thoughts concerning him. Be content with thine own lot, if thou canst not better it. But do not look upon thy neighbor, and wish that he were as thyself. Love him, and then thou wilt not envy him. Perhaps, on the other hand, thou art rich, and near thee reside the poor. Do not scorn to call them neighbors. Own that thou art bound to love them. The world calls them thy inferiors. In what are they inferior? They are far more thine equals than thy inferiors. For God hath made of one blood all people that dwell upon the face of the earth. It is thy coat which is better than theirs, but thou art by no means better than they. They are men, and what art thou more than that? Take heed that thou love thy neighbor, even though he be in rags or sunken in the depths of poverty. But perhaps you say, I cannot love my neighbors, because for all I do they return ingratitude and contempt so much the more room for the heroism of love. Wouldst thou be a feather-bed warrior instead of bearing the rough fight of love? He who dares the most shall win the most. And if rough be thy path of love, tread it boldly, still loving thy neighbors through thick and thin. Heap coals of fire on their heads, and if they be hard to please, seek not to please them, but to please thy master. And remember, if they spurn thy love, Thy master hath not spurned it, and thy deed is as acceptable to him as if it had been acceptable to them. Love thy neighbor, for in so doing thou art following the footsteps of Christ.
If your Bible reading is usually in the authorized or King James Version, you have probably encountered words that are quite unfamiliar. Because the authorized version was translated in the 17th century, some of its words are no longer in use or perhaps have a different meaning now. Let the Bible Speak is pleased to offer a booklet containing many of those archaic terms and their meaning in modern-day speech. In addition, the booklet contains a Bible reading plan that will help you to read the whole Bible through in two years, as well as the Psalms and the New Testament twice. To obtain your copy of A Bible Word List free of charge, simply email info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you wish, you may call us at 864-244-2408. That's 864-244-2408. If you prefer regular mail, simply write, Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Just ask for your copy of A Bible Word List, and we'll be happy to provide it. This week on Let the Bible Speak, Dr. Cairns is focusing on the tragic scene Christ encountered when he came down from the Mount of Transfiguration. The disciples were at a loss to help a distraught father whose son was demon-possessed. Jesus attributed their failure to their unbelief. Then he demonstrated his power and glory by healing the boy. It was a confirmation of the glory revealed on the Mount— a preview of his ultimate victory over Satan and the effects of sin. In the face of the helplessness and misery of all humanity, Christ comes with all his love, compassion, and power to deliver lost souls. Now Dr. Cairns continues this message, Christ in the Valley of Griefs. I think every Christian who has ever felt the grace of God, and of course every Christian has felt the grace of God, unto salvation... Every such Christian always feels this is one thing that Paul got wrong. You're not the chief of sinners. I am. 
You see, Paul was speaking for us all there. Every sinner saved by grace, if he's convinced of anything, is convinced of the guilt of his own sin. He's convinced of the wickedness of his own heart. He's convinced that if ever any man deserved hell, he deserves hell. Many a time as I consider what the Word of God teaches and what my own heart witnesses, I've got to come honestly before the Lord and realizing the fullness of what I'm saying, there is not a sinner in hell today. Not a sinner already in hell who more deserves to be there than I do. But Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. He saw us in the valley of the grief and the guilt and the depravity and the suffering and the damnation of our sin. What a message of hope for a world that's sunk in sin. And for you, if you're out of Christ, Romans 5 verse 20 tells me that where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Thank God, sin is deep, but grace is deeper. Here's our confidence. Christ Jesus came into this valley of guilt and grief. If that's where you are this morning, learn from this passage. There's nothing in this church, however orthodox we seek to be, there's nothing in this church can deliver you. There's nothing in any other church can deliver you. But thank God, there is everything in Christ to deliver you. How we have often sung the old gospel hymn, He is able to deliver you. He is able. There's no lack of power. Is there ever a sinner too powerful for Jesus? Is there ever an evil spirit too powerful for Christ? Is there ever a grip of hell so tight that he cannot break it? Is there ever a chain of pollution and corruption that he cannot snap it? No, he is the omnipotent Christ. There's no lack of power in him. There's no lack of goodness in him. There's no lack of willingness in him. He is the Christ who says, How oft would I, but ye would not. good news for a lost world. And thank God there's good news for Christians who feel the awful failure of their own efforts to do the work of God. Put yourself again among the disciples. What are we to do? We have sought to loose the prisoners. We have sought, as Paul himself said, by all means to save some. And yet we find ourselves afflicted with our own failure. What are we to do? Bring him unto me, says Jesus. That's what we may do. For thank God he is able to save even the worst of cases. As he said in Luke 19, I'm come to seek and to save that which was lost. Thank God he entered the valley of grief with the glory of God 
of his grace. Second point I want to make clear, joining these two scenes in uh, Luke, Mark 9, Luke 9 and uh, Matthew 17, is that what Christ accomplished in the valley of grief is the very thing that earned him the glory that he demonstrated on the mount. You remember that last week and the week before I was emphasizing that the glory with which Christ was glorified on the Mount of Transfiguration was not the glory of his eternal deity. It was the glory of his accomplishments as the mediator. It was his earned glory, as I called it. Now he comes back down to earth. He comes back down into the valley of human grief and suffering because of sin. And we see what he's doing here. We see here the very kind of thing that earns the glory of the man Christ Jesus as he's exalted to the right hand of God. It was in the deep places of human sin and human suffering that the Lord Jesus earned his glory. And this before us today is a wonderful example of his doing so. When you look at the passage we have read this morning, you'll see the wisdom of Christ, the love of Christ, and you'll see the power of Christ in its operation. Look again more carefully what the Lord Jesus Christ did here at the foot of the mount was the very thing that he came into the world to accomplish. 1 John chapter 3 verse 8 tells us that for this purpose the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. That's why he came. And here we find him at that work. Here in the valley of grief, he overcame Satan. Here he reversed the curse. Here he set the captive free. Now, all of this he would finally and fully complete at the cross. But in the meantime, we must never put this this dichotomy between the life of Christ and the death of Christ as if they were practically unrelated. In the life of the Lord Jesus, in his ministry, he's pursuing the same purpose, and he's acting with the same power that he manifested at Calvary. Let me put it this way. On the mount, he gave a preview of his glory. At the foot of the mount, he gave a preview of the mighty victory over Satan and sin that earned that glory. Now, I put those two things together. You'll see this, that while the sight of the glory of Christ is hidden from us in the valley of grief, the substance of it is there for all to see with the eye of faith. And the substance of it is there for all to experience. At the foot of the mount, in what I've called the valley of grief, do you not see the glory of Jesus' love? This is one of the most moving passages in all the New Testament. 
This is one of the most human passages. This is one of those passages that touches every one of us where we hurt. Some more than others. But if we live long enough, what we learn here of the love of the Lord Jesus is going to be a vital, personal, immediate importance. See the picture. A father comes. He's out of his mind. He has tried everything, and he has failed. His heart is broken. That little babe that came into the world full of such hope has grown to be a veritable monster. Oh, the father loves him still. He has a physical affliction, but that's the least of his worries. Behind it, there is a satanic power. It's destroying the mind and the body and the soul of that boy, and it's destroying his father's heart and home. And so he carries that child to Jesus. What else can he do? What else on God's earth can he do? Have you ever been there? I venture to say that every parent in this house this morning either has been there, is there, or very soon will arrive there. And not only parents, for this spills over into all the other circumstances of life, but that the picture of the parent and the child is so poignant and so pointed. I can do nothing. My heart is broken. My mind has given up. I can no longer even think straight. I have turned to every available place for an answer, and there is none. What can I do but bring him to Jesus? See the love of Christ. Working with wisdom, when he first came, Jesus wasn't there. Have you ever felt that? Have you ever had that experience? You come with your problem, you come with your family, you come with your hurt, you come with your grief, you come with your need, you rush to bring it to Jesus and you can't find him. There's nothing new in that, you know. The Old Testament prophets spoke of the very same thing. Time forbids that I pursue the line. But there's that time when we seek and he's not there when we expect to find him. That's the trial of our faith. It's hard to bear, but it's important to bear. Job found this, did he not? All that I knew 
where I might find him. All that I could get to meet with him. All that I could but really touch the Lord. That's where this father was. Then Jesus came. With what love, what wisdom, what compassion, the Lord Jesus dealt with him. He heard his cry. He led him out in the wisest way to the expression of his faith and yet to the expression of his failure and of his own weakness. And then he did the work. J.C. Ryle, the great expositor of the Gospels, if I may put a plug in for a set of books, I would still say, I've said this many times, but I'll say it again, for every family, if you don't possess J.C. Ryle's expository thoughts on the Gospels, make sure you buy them. You could not do better than make that your family reading. You could not do better than to get those volumes and just read the Scriptures and read the bishop's comments on them. There'll be little to disagree with, and there'll be much to move your heart. Bless your home and your family. But Bishop Ryle makes the point, he was speaking about 19th century England. It's certainly true in America today. Given the, the far greater things that Satan is using in our nation, the far worse examples of satanic fury. He's saying there's many a father whose son is in worse condition than this. And he makes the insightful comment how Satan is at work especially to get a grip of our young people. The effort that he's making, the power that he's putting forth, the satanic subtlety that he's exercising to grip young people, and what a grip he gets on them while they're still children. What are you to do? Yes, protect them all you can. Yes, keep out of your home all those hellish influences that are so freely let into too many homes. But most of all, bring them to Jesus. For thank God, here you see the glory of his love and then the glory of his power. For there's nothing too hard for the Lord. Listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America. We hope you've enjoyed and benefited from today's program. We're here as your servants for Christ's sake. If we can be of any further help to you in the things of the Lord, we invite you to contact us. Our mailing address is Let the Bible Speak, 
1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. If you wish, you may call us at 1-864-244-2408. That's 1-864-244-2408. Our email address is info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you would like to learn more about the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, we invite you to visit our website, www.fpcna.org. That's www.fpcna.org. This is Charles Kelch saying thank you for listening and inviting you to join us again as we Let the Bible Speak. (music) 